Good evening. Welcome to the World Cup 2022 podcast. I am your host, Owen, and I will be flying solo tonight as my partner has uh, some other things going on today, but we will both be back to recap yet our tomorrow's action. So definitely tune in then. Uh, we're going to run through kind of the, the quick updates on the games from yesterday and today and kind of how round three rounded out. We now have our full bracket of 16 that is decided on. We're pumped about it. Uh, I think it's actually going to be a, a really, really fun group of games. We could even see some significant upsets, which is usually where you kind of uh, you, you start to not see as many of those. You get the strong teams through, the favorites through, and they usually take care of business in this second round. But we had some groups shift in a pretty significant way yesterday uh, and, and a little bit today as well. So uh, we're going to talk through some of those first. So yesterday we had uh, Croatia, Belgium in Group F, and Canada, Morocco squaring off for first, second, and ultimately elimination in Belgium's case is what it ended for them. But they had an opportunity uh, to, to be in here. Uh, that final game of uh, Belgium and Croatia ended 0-0. So Croatia doesn't get the win there. And the game really was there for the taking for Belgium and with a victory, they would have qualified. And I mean, you just, you have to know that this golden generation, these guys are all late twenties, early thirties at this point. Uh, if they end up coming back for an additional world cup, they're going to not quite be the same. Uh, and so there's, there's definitely some heartbreak in the Belgium camp. Uh, Roberto Martinez, who's their head coach resigned immediately after the game uh, after six years in charge and they're on a plane home today. But in that game against Croatia, Romelu Lukaku, who we have not seen more before this game, more than about five minutes of in this tournament, uh, he was coming off some injury, has not played for club this season. And unfortunately, the sharpness was not there for him. Uh, Lukaku put himself in tons of scoring positions, as he always does. That's sort of the instinctual part of his game but ultimately could not finish the ball. The, the guy should have probably had a hat trick on the day, should have had at least two, if not three goals, uh, but ended with none, and Croatia go through after the nil-nil draw. Crazy part of the day, Morocco continues their tear through this tournament, undefeated still, by beating Canada 2-1. to one. They end top of that group with seven points. So Morocco top, Croatia through, and second for Group F. Group E also played yesterday and wrapped their games up. And let me tell you, these were some fantastic games. Emotional, there were huge ups and downs and swings. Costa Rica, knowing they had to go in and get a victory because of the huge goal differential issue that they had from the Spain game, losing 7-0. So Costa Rica coming into this game with three points, but still a negative six goal differential. And they gave Germany a game. You know, Germany was, uh, had to win this and was dependent on Spain beating Japan in order to be able to go through. And there were some ups and downs. Germany took the early lead. Costa Rica then tied it up and took a brief lead at 2-1. Germany came back, finished off Costa Rica, and ended up going through four, or ended up winning the game 4-2. to two and still not going through because Japan prevailed against a, a Spanish squad to top the group with six points. Germany in this game would have had to score an additional six goals to get through ahead of Spain. 
And they just, that was not coming anywhere. It was not going to be a 10 to two or a nine to two game. And so in this group, Spain, who after that first showing seven, zero against Costa Rica, we really expected to top this group. They end up going through in second behind Japan. And I'll explain a little bit later why that's a really positive thing potentially for the U S uh, so we also had Group G and H round out their Group 3 games today, or their Round 3 games, rather. And we had very little surprise and movement in these ones. Um, <clears throat> the only upset really being that South Korea does go through in Group H. So we'll go through those games first. They were able to beat Portugal, who was already guaranteed to go through, and did field a slightly different squad today. So South Korea beats them 2-1. Cristiano Ronaldo did play. He came off around the 65th, 70th minute, but they had a couple of tweaks and changes in the squad, knowing that their qualification was guaranteed. Uruguay here had to get a win and was dependent on either a South Korea loss paired with a, uh, a defeat of Ghana by them. So they had to beat Ghana here. They had to have South Korea lose. And then there was a goal differential game at play here as well. And, and Uruguay really had the opportunity. They end tied on points with South Korea, four points apiece. Uruguay really had probably a, a half a dozen additional chances in this game to increase their goal differential and could have done so, but they did not get it done. They needed one additional goal to go through over South Korea South Korea prevails here with more goals, four, four goals, four to Uruguay's two. Uh, and both of them end on even goal differential at zero. So Portugal, another team just like France, who fielded a slightly weakened squad. France, of course, an entirely changed squad in their game. But Portugal fields a slightly weakened squad and loses this game. So we'll see what impact that has for either freshness or a lack of continuity as we get into this round of 16. The other team that fielded a pretty significantly different team was Brazil. Uh, Brazil went into this game again on six points, guaranteed of qualification. They're going through no matter what happens in this game. And they are up against Cameroon, who are fighting for their lives. Uh, Cameroon, of course, also was dependent on other results here. They needed Serbia to beat Switzerland and then have the hope of going through on that goal differential, which they had a superior goal differential to Serbia. Cameroon did come out on top here. They beat Brazil and that changed lineup 1-0 with a stoppage time goal. Actually kind of a funny, uh, funny game in this one. So in stoppage time, Cameroon get the winner. And the score, Abubakar, who also was captaining the team, took off his shirt to celebrate which is an instant yellow card. I guess that he forgot he was already sitting on a yellow card, so it became a red, and he was sent off in stoppage time for his goal celebration. It didn't matter much. Cameroon still won 1-0 in this game against Brazil and still go home. So ultimately, he'll probably be praised for the excitement level uh, in that game. But if that had been something with a little more on the line, uh, there, there could have been definitely some fan backlash. So uh, interesting to kind of see how that group played out. Both African teams in H&G went home today, uh, which is a little bit disappointing. I, I loved the way that they came out and played. Ghana played some really, really fun games just with the amount of goals scored. Uh, but South Korea goes through over Ghana. 
and Switzerland with another great performance here beat Serbia to end the the uh, group in second place. They go in in second place just behind Brazil by only a difference of one goal. Now, if Switzerland had managed to get a second one here, then it, it could have flipped and Switzerland would have gone through in first. So it was kind of an interesting one to keep an eye on. Uh, Switzerland, we've talked about them. We said, you know, they're workmanlike, they're disciplined. They're not going to lose by a lot. Well, this was the the goal thriller for Switzerland uh, this round. That game actually ended three to two and Switzerland uh, lost the lead, took the lead, lost the lead. It was really a, a great game full of goals. Definitely worth a watch. Now on to tomorrow's kickoff of the round of 16. So again, this is the round of 16. So we have half of the total teams from the group stages that have earned the right to play in this round of 16. This will be a single elimination. So if you lose these games, you are going home. And tomorrow we have a really, really great two games. The first one, 9 a.m. Eastern, or sorry, 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central, is the USA-Netherlands. It's going to be a huge game for the U.S. Getting out of that group in second place behind England, going against a very strong Netherlands squad. And the second game of the day is Argentina versus Australia. Of course, the Socceroos. So my two teams are playing tomorrow, and I am pumped to watch both of these games so real quick, for the USA-Netherlands, let's just kind of unpack that game a little bit. So we're going against a really, really great Dutch squad. I think that the opportunity the U.S. has here to win this game is by playing through the middle. We've seen a lot of width in previous games where we've been able to break down teams through Serginho Dest and Anthony Robinson. I think that they will be important in this game. I think that they will probably be more important defensively here. We're going to have slightly more numbers in the midfield, especially in transition. And I really expect Tyler Adams, Weston McKinney, and Eunice Musa to boss this game in the middle. There are some pitfalls against the Netherlands team. They have several very, very tall players. Uh, and so we are not going to win a ton of aerial battles. And it's going to be very important. The U.S. does not concede silly corners or silly free kicks. So we really have to be very disciplined in how and when we're tackling, and especially where on the field that happens. If we concede any dumb, dumb free kicks, we're going to have some problems with this Netherlands team. They are playing a uh, back three, which consists of three central defenders along with wing backs. Essentially what that means is they have a right fullback and a left fullback with a little bit more license to get forward because they know three people are sitting behind. The U.S. team plays four at the back, which means we have two central defenders and two fullbacks. you got to be a little bit more conscious in coverage there because you don't have as many people behind you if you decide to make a run forward. Now, there isn't a ton of athleticism with these Dutch wingbacks, so that is one thing that gives me some comfort. Uh, one of the names that you may recognize if you watch English Premier League is Daly Blind. He's playing in left back. He's a good crosser of the ball, not quite as mobile as he was earlier in his career playing for Manchester United. Still a good player, but I'm not worried about pace there. So my hope is that we can keep those wing backs in check and sort of remove them from the game by playing the ball through the middle a lot more. 
uh, in the event that we have an opportunity to kind of suck them into the middle, draw them into that play, I then think we really have the pace on the outside to be able to beat them. So it'll be interesting to see what the game plan is here and whether Burhalter sticks with that 4-3-3 or does something a little bit more similar to the 4-4-2 we saw against England. I think either one gives us the opportunity to really control the middle of the field and hopefully have a lot of success there. I've been pretty vocal about my decisions or my wants and desires for the central attack on the U.S. team. And here we're not a hundred percent positive that Sargent is at a hundred percent who got, who is the number nine or the, the central striker that got the start in the last game. If he is available, he will likely start not my favorite choice. I would really, really like to see a Aronson or a Gio Reyna come into this team on that right side and play way through the middle. If we're in a situation where Sargent cannot go, then maybe Burhalter would switch Weah into a more central role. It's a bit of a long shot. He likes to stay with what he knows. He likes to stay with what he's done in the past. But look out for that. I think the ideal scenario is having Weah up there in the front. Now, the other one, the center back controversy that we have here, I don't know that we're going to have as much of an opportunity to sort of play in possession and out from the back as, as we did against Iran. And so we could see Zimmerman come back into this team. I would probably prefer Carter Vickers in this scenario, but ultimately Zimmerman wouldn't be a terrible choice. The reason being, as I said earlier, this Netherlands team has a bunch of tall dudes. They can all head the ball very, very well. And that is one of the greater strengths of Zimmerman's game. So with him and Tim Ream teamed up, we should be able to handle a lot of those early crosses, especially. So if we see Zimmerman, not the end of the world, still would not be my first choice. The last player I want to talk about a little bit who's had an exceptional tournament but looked not like himself. I don't know if it was fatigue, which is usually what you see when there are heavy touches and an inability to trap late in games but I am hoping that Anthony Robinson has gotten a decent amount of rest. He did not look himself against Iran, and I thought that it was really the only position of weakness in that defensive back line. He's been so solid. He played a fantastic game against England, really hoping for him to be back to himself tomorrow. It's going to be super important if we want to beat this team. I think we can beat the Netherlands here. We have Pulisic coming back. He has said that he is 100% ready to go despite his pelvic contusion, which we have some t-shirts on that. So stay tuned. I'll tell you how to get those. But Pulisic is back. He's going to be healthy enough to play most of this game, if not all. Might be in a little bit of pain, but nothing a couple Advil can't fix. He's going to be able to get up the field. And the other really interesting news that could play to the U.S.'s advantage, even though you don't really want something like this to happen is that reports out of the Dutch camp say that they are dealing with an outbreak of the flu. So if the Dutch are in fact dealing with respiratory illness in that camp, you may still see players available to play, but getting gassed much earlier in this game. Either way, I'm hoping the U S comes out high energy and does not look to sit back and allow the Netherlands to bring the game to them. We played very positively against England. I know that those guys played a lot of minutes and ran a, ran a lot of miles, 
I'm hoping that we have the exact same approach here against the Netherlands, and it's going to be super important if we want to get a win out of this one. So the other game tomorrow is the Socceroos against Argentina. This is going to be another one of those games where Australia has to sit back, absorb pressure, and hope to break. I like their odds here. Am I crazy for saying that? Maybe, probably, but I don't care. Ultimately, these guys went up against some really, really quality teams and were able to score victories. So sit back, absorb pressure from Messi and co. Break on the counter and score a goal. That's going to be all they need before they sit in. Argentina has been frustrated by teams that have sat in and just defended them. And they've been effectively frustrated by those teams. We saw Saudi Arabia do it. They got a couple of goals on the break. We're able to beat Argentina. We saw Poland attempt to do it. I'm just not sure that you had the midfielders that were willing to get back and put their bodies in front of the ball in the same way that we have these Australian players that are playing with heart and passion and don't really care if they get absolutely drilled by the ball. We saw less of that from Poland. Lewandowski is not going to be laying out in front of balls, but you bet your life that you're going to see Aaron Moore flinging himself in front of things. So I like the Australians here. They're going to be underdogs in a big, big way. I'm hoping they've watched film from both the Mexico and the Poland games to help them understand how and when Argentina breaks these games down. So especially the Poland game, there were kind of goals in the middle of that game. They dominated possession at 74%. I I don't expect Australia to have more than 20 or 25% possession in this game, but I do genuinely believe that they can win this game. And I am thrilled at the thought of it. If we're able to go through and play Australia in a quarterfinal, it would be a dream come true. And that is how it would shake out. So the winner of that Australia game, I'm going to call it the Australia game, not the Australia-Argentina game or the Argentina game. The winner of that Australia game will play the winner of the U.S. game. So it's a really interesting one. I would watch both games tomorrow. It's going to determine who we see in the quarterfinals and ultimately the path to our semifinal berth if, knock on wood, we are able to get that far. So we will be back tomorrow with the recap of the U.S. game and a breakdown of some of the tactics, win, lose, or guess what? You can't tie this time. So win or loss, we will be back to break it down for both the U.S. fans and the Australia fans. Really excited about tomorrow's games. Go Socceroos. Go go U.S. men's national team. We're just pumped. We're ready for it. It's going to be a fantastic day of games. Now, back to arguably the most important part of this episode. We now have t-shirts available with our podcast logo and another funny one that's on our Twitter page that says, I know what a pelvic contusion is, Qatar 2022. That one is a bit of a shout out to Christian Pulisic and all of the euphemisms used around his injury uh, in that last game against Iran. So go check those out. 
And if you want one, then you're cool. So grab one. Tonight's episode brought to you by Homekeeper, simplifying home maintenance for busy homeowners. Check that out at thehkapp.com. That's T-H-E-H-K-A-P-P.com. And remember to follow us on Twitter for updates and new episodes. That is at WC2022podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Have a good night.